Happy. Oh, that's loud. Hang on, let me bring that down a little bit. Happy President's Day. Or as my kids call it, Happy Presence Day. They get, they get, you know, maybe, maybe I'm just not, maybe I'm not pronouncing it properly. Maybe I'm just slurring my words a little bit. But they always think that oh, tomorrow's Presence Day. We get presents. I'm like, kids, you get presents every day of your your whole existence is a present. It's a gift from God and from uh, me and uh, and your mother. So just you know, just remember that. Anyway, uh, salute to the presidents, whatever, whoever your favorite president may be. I know. I know a lot of people like uh, I know a lot of people like the current president. I know a lot of people like the past president. I know a lot of people hate both of them. So, you know, there's been 45 to choose from. I mean, I'm sure you could one out of 45. Hopefully, you can find one uh, that you can celebrate today. Also, I don't know if you're off work today. I'm not off work today. I was not off work from my actual job, and as a result, I decided not to take off work from this job. Um, I figure if I'm gonna, you know, if I'm gonna. If I'm going to be working both one place, I should probably be working both places. Uh, but if you are, if you are uh, you know, watching and paying attention, then please, I would love for you to, A, number one, first things first, uh, share this video. Because here's the thing, with a lot of people off work today, it means that maybe not a lot of people are going to be listening, or it means we could reach people that may have never been able to watch or listen to this show before. We may be able to reach a whole new audience of people who are not working they're not in school. Their kids aren't in school. They have nothing to do. They're sitting around bored, <laughs> excuse me, on Facebook. And they're like, man, I wish I had something interesting uh, to watch. And we could maybe, uh, you could maybe brighten their day and you could introduce them to the show, which would be fantastic. So if you don't mind sharing it, Victoria, uh, Lynn Mullis Hines, that's a lot of names, but she shared it in Minnesota. I appreciate that. Knox Stassi, if you could share it in Boston, that, that'd be cool too. Oh, and look, Heather Tolliver Dunning is also working. Lots of people, lot, you know, President's Day is one of those bizarre holidays where half the people work, half the people don't. And for 10 years, I've been working at the same place. We've never had off for President's Day. Not one time. It's always been a mandatory work day. And if you want it off, you have to use like a PTO, whatever. But for whatever reason, I got confused this year. I thought for some reason we did have it off and my producer is new and he was asking me, are you sure we don't have it off? So I wrote to HR and I, and I, and I checked with them and they, they were, I said, Hey, HR, do we have off? And they wrote back, no. So they're, uh, you know, so it was pretty, it was pretty, uh, it was pretty clear cut. <laughs> Uh, anyway, Jenny's in Singapore. Oh, hello, Jenny. I, I appreciate it. I appreciate you being here. Listen, let's talk about a couple things today because uh, for do I have the number up? I do. Uh, you Feel free to call this number at any time. It's up and it's ready to go. 844-436-6275 is the number. If you're listening on uh, the podcast or if you're watching on YouTube later, I mean, you can call the number, but odds are ain't nobody going to answer unless you're really watching live on Facebook when we, when we record. Uh, you're not going to get you're not going to get through. But if you are watching and you want to comment about anything at all, 844-436-MARK is the number, 844-436-6275. And a couple things I want to talk about today. First of all, uh, I was supposed to have Tucker Carlson on the show today. Tucker Carlson from Fox News was supposed to call in, but I'm not really sure. There was some kind of, I, I sent him my phone number and then I didn't hear from him. And then I called right before I was like, hey, are we ready? And they're like, oh, he's left. And I go, hey, we, were, we were supposed to have an interview. And they're like, we, we called you, but it was the wrong number. And I was like, no, it was not. They were dialing some other number that I don't know where they got it. Uh, but it was clearly not the one. So I wrote to, 
his P. I was a little, I was a little upset. I'm kind of in a weird mood. I was a little upset by that um, because I really wanted to talk to Tucker Carlson, especially with what happened yesterday on Chris Wallace with Shepard Smith going ballistic after the press conference. So much great news coming out of well, Fox News, uh, that I thought he'd be a really interesting person to talk to. Plus, we've got all this other stuff that Donald Trump's supposedly going to do this week, and I thought that Tucker Carlson would have this great insight. Also, I did want to ask him what the hell he was thinking when he went on Dancing with the Stars, but uh, maybe maybe they caught wind of that, and that's why they that's why they canceled the interview. So I'm gonna I'm gonna tweet at him uh, after the show here in just a minute. I'm gonna be like, hey, look, dude, I don't know what happened with your producers, but we got to get you back on the show. Also, Greg Gutfield is uh, Gutfeld is supposed to be on the show next week, so rest assured, I'm gonna make sure they have the right number uh, for that interview because I definitely wanna I definitely wanna bring that to you as well. But so okay, so here's what we're talking about today. Donald Trump over the weekend did a couple things. First of all, he had a uh, he had the press conference last week. He said, I'm going to Melbourne, Florida on Saturday. He flew to Melbourne, Florida with his wife, who's very attractive still, and they get off the plane off of Air Force One. I was watching the whole thing, and there's like 9,000 people in Melbourne, Florida who come out to see Donald Trump. Now, keep in mind, this is not a campaign rally. There, the vote has already happened. Donald Trump is already the president. He has won. And yet 9,000 people in Florida took time out of their weekend, out of their weekend to go to this airplane hangar or wherever there was this airport and watch Donald Trump, the president, not a rally. It's not, you know, we're not trying to drum up support. It's not, you know, Hey, let's, let's bury Hillary. Although I bet a lot of people were were probably in that crowd chanting USA USA six months ago, they were probably in Melbourne still chanting uh, still chanting the same thing. But this was not a campaign rally. This was just a rally for Donald Trump to do two things. One of two things had uh, both really happened, but he did this for two reasons. Number one is to recharge himself. He had to recharge himself. He had to be among friends. It's kind of like on. I don't even know if it's like a Hallmark commercial or a coffee commercial, but there's commercials where the kids away at college and, you know, and, and midterms are just kicking their butt or they don't have any friends. Maybe the kid, you know, is at school. It's a new school and nobody's talking to him. And the bully takes his lunch money and kicks in his face and everyone's calling him names. And what do you do? You go home and you just want to be around your family and your friends. You want mom to give you a great big hug, you know, make you some hot cocoa, fill, fill you up with, I don't know, sugar, whatever. And and you just want to be around people who get you, who understand you, who love you, who support you no matter what, because that recharges you and it gives you the ability and the energy to go on. We all need it from time to time. Ain't a person in the in the world that doesn't need to, you know, to run home to mama or daddy or their friends or just like have a night. You ever like call, you ever just feel so down because your boss is just such a jerk and he just is in your face all the time about stupid stuff that is pointless. And then, you know, you 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 go into the store and somebody just annoys you and then your car breaks down. And then you know, Tucker Carlson cancels on you. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm just I'm getting that's just a per that's we'll get back to that. And then you just think to yourself, I really just need to call my friends and go out and like get some beers or or just, you know, throw some darts or play poker, whatever. And that's what you do. That's what you drink some wine with your girlfriends or or you know, your mommy or whatever. You need to do that every now and then. Donald Trump doesn't go out for beers with the guys, can't do that anymore. He never did it anyway. He doesn't drink. Uh so, so what he does is he holds a rally and he goes back to Florida his second home 
where he knows the people that love him and support him and care for him are. And it recharged him. It recharged him. Number one, that was the first thing. Number two, it was supposed to send a message to the media and to the Democrats and to the protesters and to Congress, the Republicans, to show that Donald Trump still has an awful lot of support. It was it was flexing his political muscle, if you will. A lot of politi- politicians all flex their political muscle. They do it in certain ways. They will either not take a meeting or they will take a meeting or they will strike a vote or they will not strike a vote or they will filibuster or they will, you know, uh, do something, some other stupid thing. Uh, if you're Anthony Weiner, you actually legitimately flex, flex your muscles. <laughs> That's how Anthony, Anthony Weiner would flex his political muscle by taking off his clothes and flexing his muscle and sending it to, uh, to, uh, to, uh, women in their underwear. Uh, you know, so, so all politicians flex their muscle in different ways for Donald Trump, who's not a politician, who doesn't call votes, who's uh, doesn't have anyone in the press available and handy to write a glowing piece about him and his family and his first month in office. The best way he can flex, flex his political muscle, <clears throat> pardon me, is by holding a rally and reminding everybody, everybody in the media, everybody in Washington, D.C., everybody in Congress, that he has a ton of loyal voters in key swing states like Florida. And they will show up on a Saturday night just to hang out with their buddy Donald when he comes calling. This was this uh, this did two things. It recharged Donald Trump so he could go forward into his second month, and it showed that he still has so much political. I wouldn't be shocked if this happened every month. I wouldn't be shocked if this was the way he does it. Here's what Donald Trump, in my humble opinion, is going to do. He's gonna he's gonna govern for a month. He's gonna write some executive orders. He's gonna try to build walls. He's gonna get movement on Obamacare. Hopefully. Knock on wood. And then what's going to happen is he's going to hold a press conference, an unfiltered, unbridled one and a half hour circus performance of a press conference. He will be blunt. He will be honest. He will call people to the carpet. It will upset people. And then what he's going to do immediately afterward is hold a rally to show everybody who was upset by the bluntness of his press conference that he still holds all the cards because in 2020 or even 2018, when we have a midterm election, guess who the voters are still enamored with. Guess who the voters still trust more than anyone else in Washington. Guess who the voters will give up their Saturday night for in Melbourne, Florida. Now, I know what you're thinking. It's Melbourne, Florida. What is there to do? It's Florida. There's always something to do. And think about this. Donald Trump, the president of the United States, who, if you read any newspaper in the world, if you go on any news uh, show, even Fox News this weekend, any cable news network, any any uh, any network cable TV show, if you read any political blog, you would think that the majority of America hates this guy, that if he went to any kind of rally, if he held any kind of meeting, it, he would be inundated with protesters and hate groups. No, the opposite is true. Congress, Senate, they go home, they go to rallies, and they're in, inundated with all kinds of hate groups and radicals and protesters. They're the ones that are that the uh, that the FBI is warning against, saying, "Look, you know what? It's probably in your best interest not to hold a town hall meeting when you go home for the recess and you want to meet with somebody. Do it via FaceTime. Do it via Skype. Maybe just you know what? Put up an email form on your website." 
let people Snapchat you anything at all other than a face-to-face meeting where you're on stage in front of thousands of angry constituents who hate you. That's, I mean, the FBI literally had to warn every single Republican member of Congress about town hall meetings because you saw what happened in Utah a couple weeks ago. Donald Trump, on the other hand, who you would think is the most hated person in the world, goes home to Florida, second home, as a rally at the uh, at the uh, airport, and 9,000 people come, come forward holding up signs like he's running for, he's not running for anything. I know a lot of people are saying, well, he's running for re-election. Because that's the, I heard that we're Donald Trump already running for re-election because his first month went so horribly wrong. If it went so horribly wrong, would you have all those people in Melbourne, Florida, giving up their Saturday night and chanting? USA! 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 I don't think so. I'm sure there was a monster truck jam or an MMA fight or a somewhere, you know, something somewhere that those people could have been at. And they chose to be at the Donald Trump rally. Now, the other thing, uh, uh, the other thing that happened over the weekend was that Chris Wallace from and I'm not going to play you the clips of Chris Wallace versus Reince Priebus because you've probably seen them. I know a lot of people have already talked. I was going to talk to Tucker Carlson about them, but we know how that turned out. Uh, anyway, I'll talk to Greg Gutfeld about him next week. So, so Chris Wallace, really upset and really offended by Donald Trump's press conference and really upset and really offended that Donald Trump went to Melbourne, Florida and said that the press, the mainstream media, is the enemy of the American people, that they are doing such a disservice. They are the, he's demonizing once again, the press in this country. And, and Chris Wallace, he wasn't going to have it, man. He was calling Reince Priebus all kind. I mean, he was screaming at him. He was talking over him. They were calling each other bananas. I thought for a minute, because what happens is the way it works is Chris Wallace is in his studio. Reince Priebus is in the white house or wherever he is, or I think he was, I'm sorry. He was at Mar-a-Lago at the time and they have, they have a TV. And I thought, They talk basically back and forth through the TV. So I thought for a minute there, Chris Wallace was going to stand up and rip the TV off the wall and slam it on the ground because he was so mad at Reince Priebus Priebus, over the, uh, the, the comments that Donald Trump made in Melbourne, Florida about the press being the enemy of the people, press being the enemy of the state. In fact, I went on, I know a lot of media people. I work with them. I'm friends with them. I've been in the media a long time. Now, luckily, I'm not in the news media. I'm not a reporter. I'm not an anchor. I'm not a journalist of any kind. I have zero credibility. I don't do any research whatsoever. I mean, if I can't Google it, it's not information that I need in my life. Uh, I am what you call a, I don't even know what the hell you'd call me. I'm like a bald guy with a microphone. That's about it. And so I don't have to, I don't have to worry about somebody. When Donald Trump says the press, this, the press, that he's not attacking me. He's not attacking talk show hosts. He's not attacking people. He's not attacking people like Herman Cain uh, or Rush Limbaugh or Dana Lash, who I will be filling in for this Thursday, by the way, if you listen to the Dana show, uh, it'll be one to four Eastern, but I know she's on several different times around the country, but definitely make a note this Thursday while she's at CPAC, I will be filling in uh, for Dana Lash on the Dana show. Always exciting to do that. Where was I? Oh yeah. He's not talking about those people. He's talking about the people who are, are trusted with reporting news. And he's not even really talking about local reporters. He's talking about the, uh, the national networks and the cable news networks and the national papers of record, like the New York times and the Washington post, LA times, the, the, uh, USA today, all the outlets that get to millions and millions of Americans. And for whatever reason, seemingly always seem to, or not always, but in a more frequent, 
uh, I guess, timeline or in a, it, with more frequency these days tend to create or, or broadcast these stories that seem less than credible, that don't have sources or just flat out don't have any proof, a.k.a fake news. And that's where this battle comes in. And, you know, I was on, I, I didn't want to get into it with my Facebook friends, but I'm like, look, I'm sure, I'm sure a local reporter in Birmingham, Alabama, I'm sure a local reporter in, in Greensboro, North Carolina, Donald Trump's not after you. Donald Trump's not claiming you're the enemy. But when you look at CNN and Jake Tapper and Wolf Blitzer, and when you look at the New York Times, who who reported you know ties with Russia that just don't exist. When you look at CNN, who reported a, a slanderous story about golden showers in a hotel room that was reported on BuzzFeed, these are the kinds of people that that he's attacking. Uh, so if there's any local if there's any local news reporters out there, have no fear. I don't think you're the enemy. But uh, there was a point to all this. Oh yeah. So Chris Wallace, w- furious with Donald Trump, as was Shepard Smith, which was to be expected, and he attacks Reince Priebus. Now, like I said, you you've odds are you've seen bits and pieces of that interview, but right after, immediately after Reince Priebus, Rush Limbaugh came on the show, and Rush Limbaugh probably ne- needs no introduction. And the thing the thing that's interesting to note about Rush Limbaugh on Fox News is number one, he was wearing a tie. Which he never he never wears a tie. He only wears a tie when he goes on television. And I don't know who he's trying to impress. I don't know. I believe him. I believe him actually less when he's wearing a suit and tie than when he's just wearing his golf shirt, which he wears every single day to work. He wears like a golf shirt and and slacks. And he goes in and he does, he does his radio. If you ever watches, um, if you ever watches Ditto Cam or whatever, you, you know what I'm talking about. But but he shows up for Fox News and he's in this like. And I guarantee it's like a $3,000 suit with a tie and it's all the way to the top and he looks super official. And I guess he's doing it because it's Sunday morning and, it, and it's and it's and it's the Fox News channel and he knows it's being televised and probably will be televised throughout the weekend. So anyway, he comes in and Chris Wallace starts in on him and says, look, what is going on with this war on the news media? And Donald Trump says something that I just... And again, this is not my opinion. This is just me as a consumer, as a news consumer, as somebody who follows politics closely, as somebody who is in the media, this is something that I feel more people I wish would say. It is preposterous to believe that the Russians had any effect on the outcome of voting in this country. It's absurd. There is no evidence. Zilch. Zero. Nada. I mean, is thank God that there's somebody else that thinks that because I feel that there is there is a validity to the, more validity to this statement than there is any other statement I've heard about Russia and Donald Trump in the election so far. Like, isn't it just preposterous to think that a foreign government could alter the way that Americans vote? Think about what goes into voting. You were there. You were at the polling station. Think about that. Think about the number of people. There's a line around the corner. You go in. You've got to fill in a dot. You go in. You put your little slip in the thing, in the computer. Some people don't even do that. They still put it in a ballot box. This is happening. This is happening all over the country, precinct after precinct after precinct. There's no central location where votes are counted. There's no centralized computer. It is a massive amount of districts reporting separately, many of which use different devices and techniques to count and distribute and collect and tabulate votes. There is there is no way that one country or any really industry or 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 government agency or or person 
or entity of any kind could get, I mean, we can barely get it all together as a country and it's important to us as far as an election. So to think that a country, he's absolutely right. It's preposterous. And why is it that nobody else is saying that? Why is it that nobody sits back and says, look, you know what? Let's think about this for just a minute. Let's think about this. <laughs> Let's think about this for a minute. Could Russia really decide the outcome of our election? Really? And if that were the case, couldn't they then decide the outcome of every election? And if that were the case, why wouldn't they pick leaders that were more uh, compatible or more friendly to them in other countries like Germany and like the UK and like all these other places? Maybe Russia was the reason Great Britain exited the EU. Did anyone ever think about that? Maybe we should be investigating that because if Russia is all about, you know, hey, let's let this globalism is not doing it for us. The more the stronger the world becomes as a global power, the worse it is for us. Hey, let's you know what? The first thing we should do is we should break up the EU because they're right next to us and they're gaining all this power. Let's get let's get Great Britain out of there. How come nobody's exploring that opportunity? How come nobody's investigating that fact? If, for example, Russia could clearly influence our election then they could clearly influence the Brexit. I guess that, that here's the thing. That doesn't really affect Donald Trump uh, and the presidency and, uh, and the power shift in the United States. So they don't, they don't, they don't investigate that. So anyway, that's the first part of, of Russia's sentiment, which I thought was interesting. The second thing he said, the second thing he said, also something that I think people lose sight of. And this is something that when, you, when, when you're in the media or when you're asking questions or when you're trying to figure out why things are a certain way, you have to start looking at motive. Mo in fact, if, whenever you look at, you know, you go to court and somebody's like killed or, or robs you or breaks the law or something, you always have to look at motive. What is the motive? Is it money? Did they need money? Uh, was it hatred? Did they hate the person? Were they being cheated? Why did they kill this person? There's got to be some reason. People don't just willy-nilly go around killing each other. So you look at the motive. What would the motive be? And here's something that the press never looks at. They never look at the reason why Donald Trump was elected. They never look at the reason why all these people came out in mass to vote for a Republican candidate in places that hadn't vote Repub voted Republican in decades, like Pennsylvania, like uh, Wisconsin, like Michigan. They don't go back and think, why on earth would all these people vote for Donald Trump? And Rush Limbaugh summed it up perfectly and brought this back uh, to the front of, to you know, to top of mind, which is where it should be. People that voted for Donald Trump, people to support Donald Trump really, really believe that they were going to lose the country if Hillary Clinton won. And that's a fact. That's how Donald Trump sold himself on the campaign trail. That's how the Republicans sold Donald Trump on the campaign trail. That's how Donald Trump supporters sold him to other people. It was if if Hillary Clinton is elected, it is the end of America. And that is just a fact. This is, again, not my opinion. This is just factually what happened in the election. This is what people were saying. The Supreme Court, number one most important thing. If Hillary Clinton gets to choose the next Supreme Court justice, you can kiss America goodbye. It'll be open borders. People will be able to marry tree trunks, whatever in the, you know, the, in their pets, whatever else. Everything in that you hold near and dear to your, to your, uh, in your life, everything you believe the Constitution stands for, every moral uh, clause that you have as a conservative will be out the window. And, and the United States government, as we know it, as the, as the founders and as the people uh, that, that wrote the Constitution and framed this whole country, those, those, those people who over 250 years ago put this country together, 
from nothing. That's all out the window. And we are, we are starting fresh and we will be unrecognizable. That is the number one reason why people think about it this way. A vote for Donald Trump or Donald Trump coming to power, for those of you that still don't understand, was a way to stop the bleeding. It was a way to stop the bleeding. It was the most uncomfortable and and brashest and most painful way to stop the bleeding for a lot of people. It's like cauterizing. It's like, do you know what cauterizing is? If you raise your hand, if you know what cauterizing is, cauterizing is like, and especially in the military, when you're, when you're on the field of battle or when you're in a remote hospital or you're, you're in a tent and you've been shot or you've been injured in some way, or you're missing a limb and you're just bleeding in order to save your life. They don't have gauze. They don't have stitches. They don't have, uh, they don't have clamps. They don't have things they can do to basically stop the bleeding. What they do have is they have knives, swords, and fire. So they take a knife. Here's what they do. They take a knife or they take a blade or whatever they can find, a piece of metal, and they put it in the fire and it gets nice and hot, red hot. And then what they do is imagine there's a big gaping wound here. They take the red hot knife and they slam it on your skin and it basically singes your blood and your flesh and your hair and your whatever organs are exposed and the blood vessels it's, it singes them. It, it basically cauterizes them, welds them all shut, and you stop bleeding. Now, you're horribly burned. You're in, an, you're in intense pain. You scream a lot, and it leaves a disgusting, nasty scar. But it keeps you alive. It keeps you alive. And what people are finding out is that the majority of Americans in the electorate, not in California, but in the electorate, thought that this country was bleeding out, that we were on the battlefield, that we'd been wounded, that Barack Obama shot a cannon right into our chest. Well, he's from Chicago, so probably more like a Glock or something. Shot it right near, boom. And that those wounds needed to be healed immediately. Immediately. We needed to cauterize so that America would not bleed out and die on the battlefield. And so they took, they took a steaming hot knife or a, or a red hot knife and they slammed it against the wound. And that red hot knife is Donald Trump. And this is not, I'm not talking about his skin tone, although, you know, it kind of, it kind of looks like he's, he's been in the fire and he's, but, uh, but that is exactly what it is. He's a red hot poker and he's stuck in someone's wound. America's wound. And so many people are uncomfortable by it and they're screaming and they're in pain and it smells bad and it looks awful and it's going to leave this horrible scar, but it's going to keep you alive. It will keep the country alive. And that's exactly what Donald Trump's saying here. And people have lost sight of that in the press, that there was There was a choice between Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton. Something made more of those people in the Electoral College choose Donald Trump over Hillary Clinton. What was it? It was the fact that they didn't want to lose their country. They did not want to lose their country. And they didn't have access to a plastic surgeon with anesthesia and a nice clean ER. They didn't have somebody with sutures that would would stitch it up and save your life like they do on Grey's Anatomy and not leave a trace of a scar. So you could, you could wake up in a hospital room, you could recover for three days, and then go out on your merry way. No, we didn't have that in this election. We had death, or we had a red-hot poker that we could shove in our open wound. And that's who people chose. And Donald Trump is that red-hot poker. Uh, now, that brings us to where we are today. 
now that the bleeding has stopped, what do we do with this red hot poker? Here's what Rush Limbaugh told Chris Wallace about that. Donald Trump has nobody helping him other than the people that voted for him. Obama had the media. Obama had the judiciary. Obama had all kinds of support. Trump doesn't have any of that. He's got to keep his supporters on board. He's got to keep them revved up. So the rally was great. But the thing that will really make all this Russia stuff and all this deep state stuff not take hold is getting to work, implementing the repeal of Obamacare, getting to work and really doing tax reform and getting to work and really shore up our borders because that is the primary area where people that voted for Trump felt that we were on the way to losing the country. You know, a lot of people, uh, Chris Wallace included, have started comparing Donald Trump's first month to Barack Obama's first month and how in Barack Obama's first month, he passed the stimulus bill. Now, comparing Donald Trump uh, and or Barack Obama to Donald Trump is like comparing apples to oranges. Again, I'm not saying anything about the man's flesh tone. He can do whatever he wants in the tanning bed. But it, the fact of the matter is, they're in two different places. Barack Obama, as Rush pointed out earlier, had the support of the courts, had the support of Congress, the Senate, the media, and the American people. He could do whatever he wanted to do, and he could do it quickly. And people were there to help him. Donald Trump has nobody there to help him. The Republicans have the Congress, the Republicans have the Senate, but as we've seen, neither one of them are 100% super fans of helping Donald Trump, especially John McCain. The Supreme Court, it's at a split right now. There's nothing they can do until Donald Trump's uh, court-appointed or uh, Supreme Court nominee, Neil Gorsuch, gets, uh, gets, gets um, confirmed. And we know, how, we know how quickly the confirmations are coming for the Trump administration. In fact, Barack Obama had everything in place when he started his career as president. Not only that, but he had every single branch of government falling in line behind him, including the press, the unofficial fourth branch. And Donald Trump is the opposite. He's the opposite. He's a lone figure. He's standing all alone in Washington, an outside, truly an outsider. Nobody likes him. Nobody wants to talk to him. Nobody understands him. Nobody wants him to succeed. And that's, again, why he had to leave and fly to Melbourne, Florida, a red state that he won, to hang out with his buddies and get recharged and show everybody that, hey, you know what? Outside of Washington, D.C., there's people uh, that remember why they started this journey and that it's only been a month and that, you know, this is where the support is. And this is why he's going to continue to fight to do the things he did. But you can't compare the two presidencies at all just because the rest of the country is in a totally different place uh, because of because of the person who's in charge. All right. Uh, the number is 844-436-MARK, 844-436-6275. Uh, if you want to give me a buzz and let me know. There's a couple of things I want to, you know, this is, uh, I forgot to mention this earlier, but there was, I was in church the other day. And a Sunday to me, because that's when you go to church. And there was a, uh, I was listening to the sermon and I was listening to the gospel uh, when they were reading it. And I'll be honest with you, I listen more closely these days. I don't know if it's because I'm older or if I'm more scared or if I just, my kids like caught me sleeping that one day. So I need to, you know, set a, a good example for them. But look, look at this. This is, uh, this was in the reading and I took a picture of it, which I know you're not supposed to do in church, but I, I wanted to remember it. Look at it. This. this was one of the, the uh, quotes from the gospel. God catches the wise in their own ruses. God catches the wise in their own ruses. And that struck me because, well, where did we hear this word earlier this week? 
Do you remember in the press conference? Donald Trump said Russia is a ruse. He repeated it several times. Russia is a ruse. And a ruse is a hoax. It's a distraction. It's something that's made up. It's something that is supposed to trick you uh, into thinking it's something you're not. It is a way for somebody to just create something out of thin air and make someone else believe that it's, it's basically a magic trick. It's an illusion. And, and this is very interesting because look again at the gospel verse here. God catches the wise in their own ruses. And if, if you think about it, you have to go back to that first quote uh, of Rush Limbaugh's. It's preposterous to think that the Russians had anything to do with the election. And the fact of the matter is, when it comes to proof, there's zip, zero, zilch, nada, nothing. It's a ruse, and the wise have been caught in it. Uh, all right, a couple of emails, but I'll get some of your comments too. Uh, you know, in fact, let me pull up the comments first. If you want to comment on Facebook, um, I'll read a couple here for you just before we go. Uh, you're welcome, Linda. Oh, that's some kind of private, um, private, uh, conversation, uh, going on there. We love and support our president for American flags. That is a lot of American flags. John McCain is irrelevant and should go down the drain. Oh, I get it. Cause it's the drain, the swamp thing. Beth Hastings Harris, uh, Mel Knotts, John McCain should retire no longer doing his job. We need, you know, what we need to do is I want to get, uh, I want to revisit speaking of this being a month in, I want to revisit the term limits thing. I want to revisit the term limits. I want to get, uh, what's his name? Ron DeSantis back on here. He's from right here in Florida. And he was the one that introduced with Ted Cruz legislature for the term limits. He's brilliant. He's awesome. And John McCain, more so than Nancy Pelosi these days, John McCain, I believe, is the poster child for why we need term limits. Rush Limbaugh was spot on in his interview with Chris Wallace. Uh, let's see what else we have. Carol Wood. And I think anyone who is traveling from any country should be vetted. Anyone. I mean, when I travel to and from countries, I'm vetted. And I'm not saying that I don't look like a threat, but if you saw me in real life, you'd look at me and think that guy ain't no threat. That guy couldn't hurt a fly. And I, but, but, you know, but they pull me over. And when I went to Disney world twice, I was randomly selected. I was randomly selected by security and, and like not strip searched, but I was searched. And I thought to myself, I mean, I had my dad hat on. I had like zinc on my nose. I had a, like a sweaty Mickey t-shirt that matched my entire family. I had a backpack that was a floral print because I was carrying it for my wife filled with like bottles of water and butt wipes for when we go to the, to the bathroom. And I'm like, I, clearly I'm like the least intimidating person here. But I was chosen, uh, but I'm okay with that because, you know, you never know. Uh, I was married to a tree trunk once. Big mistake, says Beth Newsom. Well, <laughs> then you, aren't you lucky that the majority of the country in the electoral, uh, electoral college voted for Donald Trump? What kind of tree was it? Maybe, maybe, uh, never mind. Um, Robert Furman, put Soros, Obama, and Hillary into Gitmo. And then this is, Robert, this is, uh, this is an interesting choice of emojis. You have ghost. Bubble, poop, eyes, train, blow, America, sunglasses. I'm going to put that on my next shirt. I'm going to put that on my next shirt. Uh, Mel Knotts. Awesome, Mark. Great analogy. Thanks, Mel. I'm not sure which one of the analogies you're, you're talking about, uh, but I appreciate it. Also, oh, here's what I am going to do, by the way. Uh, the fake news t-shirt has just exploded again over the weekend, and I'm going to put up the link here because I woke up. Every day I wake up, and this is this has become... Thank God for Donald Trump. Uh, you are fake 
news. I believe that's it. This t-shirt has, has skyrocketed to the top of our list as the most uh, popular of all the t-shirts. Let me just make sure that's it. Because if it's not, we're all screwed. Oh yeah, there it is. This thing is selling like hotcakes. It's, uh, I'm going to pin this comment so that you guys can see it. If you want to pick one up, here's what it looks like. Here's what it looks like. It is, uh, it's, the link is right there in the description. It's in the comments. I just put it in there. Or you can go, if you're watching on YouTube, go to the description. If you're on the podcast, you have to go to, um, you have to go to teespring.com slash you are fake news with hyphen. You know, just go to my, just go to my website. You'll find it there. Uh, but this is, this is the number one selling shirt that we, <laughs> that we have online ever, ever since again, the, uh, Donald Trump press conference. If you want to pick one up, I would highly recommend doing so because not only are they fashionable, but they will show everybody, uh, you know, exactly what side of the aisle you happen to be on. All right, I'm going to wrap this up. Thanks again for watching. I apologize if you if you tuned in expecting to see Tucker Carlson or here. Well, you wouldn't see him because he's not he wouldn't be here, but you would hear him. Uh, I, I apologize again that that interview fell through. I will get to the bottom of it. I'm not going to this won't be the end of, of my interview with Tucker Carlson. It will happen eventually. One, if I have to schlep my cookies all the way to New York and bust into, well, I probably won't do that, but we'll, uh, we'll try calling him and we'll get him on at another, at another, uh, date and time. All right. If you want to send me an email, uh, please do that. You can comment. Look, I've been getting email. You want to see some, this is, this is kind of cool. Look, this is a comment from, oh, it's a comment on Facebook from Scott Braun. Your FB live show needs to be longer, man. There's a, there's a lot of things about me that need to be longer. If you know what I'm saying. And then this was a good one too. Request that you do your Facebook lives between 3 and 4 p.m. It's when Shep is on Fox and he's unwatchable. <laughs> need, <laughs> need something to watch during those ideas. Love your feeds. Keep it up. Thank you so much. I don't have a name on there, but <laughs> maybe, I w- maybe I'll do my Facebook live feeds while Shepard Smith is on. That's Although, you know what? You can watch it anytime. You can... If Shepard Smith comes on, just know that this will live on Facebook forever. So just go to Facebook and watch it. Have a happy President's Day. Not President's Day. Happy President's Day, everybody. And uh, I will talk to you tomorrow. Thanks again. Don't forget, get your T-shirts right now. 